Hey everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of Locked On Lakers. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the Lakers have won four straight games. And for me at least, Friday night's 134 to 118 win over the Atlanta Hawks at the Crypt made me feel as optimistic as I've felt all season about this team. We'll talk about that and more coming up on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, and sometimes on Saturday, Andy, Yeah, uh, getting stuff up for you. And, um, you know, we try to throw these bonus episodes in where we can. And uh, Friday night, that was a fun second half, particularly for the Lakers, 134-118 over the Atlanta Hawks. They've run their win streak to four straight and uh, big games from LeBron James. He goes over 30 points again. What do you have, 17 in the fourth quarter, 32 points for LeBron, 21 for Avery Bradley, and a scorching hot Malik Monk, particularly in the first half, finishes with 29 points uh the the ascendance of Malik Monk Andy continues unabated yeah he uh he really had an incredible first half he was I believe eight of nine from the field for 21 points he's continuing to develop and this this is something I would recommend people go to uh ESPN.com and read the piece that Zach Lowe wrote part of his weekly 10 things I like don't like feature he wrote about the uh, burgeoning two-man game between LeBron and Malik Monk and how they're starting to really develop a chemistry playing off each other. And there was a few sequences like that in this game. And Monk is just starting to become incredibly comfortable as a Laker. And I and I think really starting to come into his own as a player. And, and we, we've talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks. He's been playing really well. Just you can see the confidence building in him, but what I think is great is it's happening in ways where he's not trying to push it too much, or you know he's trying to push what he can do, but mm-hmm. not not in ways that feel like irresponsible or out of the rhythm of the game. No, he's he's generally it's a catch and shoot. It's a it's a smart uh, drive to the basket. I mean, he's a very creative and yeah. and talented offensive player who should be given some leeway in terms of what he does and how he does it. But yeah, you're right. It's does nothing about what he's doing feels forced. Obviously eight of nine in the first half, just nailing, you know, there was some heat check three pointers in there, which given what he was doing perfectly fine. Well, but, he took, uh, he took 12 in the game. A few of them are going to heat check. Right. When, it's, it's like when, when a guy is that hot, a heat yeah. check is warranted, but you know, generally speaking, and you know, you don't expect that every game, but, you know, I'll tell you the other thing that I love about it is, you know, beyond the fact that, you know, and he's slowly improving his defense. There's a play that I believe the third quarter where he came back and contested. Jeez, I forget who it was. I, I wrote it down, but I forget. You know, it was it might it might have been Trey, Trey Young at the at the rim, whatever it was. Great rotation down by the bucket. Good. And I'm like, that probably is more valuable to Frank Vogel than like four or five of the three pointers that he made. But the the other thing that I think is is really interesting to watch and a trend to watch with the Lakers. And one of the reasons I'm I'm growing more optimistic mentioned in the open, like this is as good as I felt about the team all year. When Monk scores the way he does, when they get points from Avery Bradley, THT with another strong game tonight, uh, or, you know, Friday night, 
Russell Westbrook doesn't have to be a scorer. And what we saw on Friday, Andy, Russ was not efficient at all offensively. 4-14, missed some shots at the rim. Well, as a scorer. As a scorer, that's what I said. Not efficient as a scorer. 4-14. But he, you know, he had... You know, uh, 10 rebounds. He had, uh, I'm sorry, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, only three turnovers, and was a plus 22 on the game. And the Lakers made their big push in the third quarter with LeBron and Monk, their two superstars, on the bench. I just, I think the Lakers are in a better place and Russ is in a better place when he doesn't have to be, have to be a scorer. He can be, but doesn't have to be. And I, I do wonder if there's a correlation between Monk emerging as a scorer and Russ kind of corralling some of the turnover problems that he's had over the course of the year. Well, I mean, I don't think it's impossible mm-hmm. or, or completely out of the question that that's part of that connection. I mean, I think, first of all, as we've talked about before, Russ can struggle as a scorer. And in this particular game, he really struggled at the rim. Um, or he can turn the ball over in a game where he scores. He can't do both. Right. The the games where Russ struggles as a scorer, you know, especially when he does it at volume and turns the ball over seven times, eight times, nine on a couple of occasions, those that are one the where games. he had the trip dub with the with the turnovers. Yeah. Those are the games where Russ's play really becomes backbreaking at times for the Lakers. But also too, when you were talking about the not feeling that pressure to be a scorer for Westbrook. It, it speaks to a couple weeks ago. You heard David Fisdale, you heard Malik Monk, you heard other guys talking about how guys need to start trusting each other and not feeling like they need to take issues into their own hands and force things. And when everybody is looking to do it themselves, what you typically end up with is a bunch of guys not doing it right. uh, nobody's particularly nobody ends up doing anything right and what maybe just what's going on your theory with monk and westbrook is sort of a microcosm of the entire team at large where be. i i think they're starting to feel more comfortable with each other i don't think it's a coincidence that this four game winning streak and you can even take it back to say the loss to memphis which as disappointing as it was that they blew a 13 point lead with 2 minutes left in the third doesn't change the fact that they played very well for a lot of that game to against that point, a, yeah. against a point. really good team. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence that this is happening in what feels like the longest stretch they've gone without guys in and out of the lineup because of injuries, because of COVID. They've been getting guys back, but they haven't been losing anybody. And they've had this ability to actually start building and and developing some type of continuity and chemistry. And we've talked about, Brian, like even if you had skepticism about how this team was built and there were reasons for that, it's very fair to, if you're these guys, to be saying like, look, we have not had the opportunity to really see how good or how bad we actually are because there's been no continuity to this season whatsoever if you want to be optimistic about what's happening right now, one of the big factors I'd point to is you're actually getting the same guys on the court game in and game out. That matters. And when I said in the open that this is as good as I felt about the team all year, look, I, I am, I am nervous. I am, you know, a turtle peeking his head out of the shell, you know, whatever, whatever metaphor you want to use 
Um, and, and, and as risky as it is to feel good about this Lakers team this year, given how things have gone, part of the reason that I felt this way, there are a couple things. One, I, I think it's fair to say Malik Monk is feeling very comfortable in this offense, adds a, a totally different dimension to um, to what they do and how they can play going forward. Um, and that includes when Anthony Davis comes back, should be even better. He may not score as much, but the, the, the dynamic nature of the offense should remain when Davis comes back, uh, obviously. Um, so you have that. I was encouraged by the last couple games of Taylor Horton Tucker. I think that is really important for the Lakers, for him to be able both as a two-way guy um, who can be a secondary ball handler, a guy who can move it and maybe made some nice passes, five assists on uh, on on Friday. I think he had – how many have on Tuesday? Four or five. Um so he's starting to feel comfortable again. He looks uh, like a guy who doesn't want to be a piston. Yeah, clearly. Um, or maybe does. <laughs> I <guess> that's <laughs> true. I, I suppose it's possible. Right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he wants to be something else. Yeah. Either way, yeah. he, you know, it's the same thing has to happen yes, for him to be true. either one of those things. <laughs> Very true. Um, but, you know, so there's that. But it is the fact that they're playing with what looks like more or less the lineup. Obviously, still no Kendrick Nunn, but I've gotten so used to that at this point. I can kind of visualize, okay, plug AD into this, and I, I, I can see where they're going. It's the fact that they have had some continuity. That I, I can see now what it looks like when you have three or four extra guys available at the same time who have not been available together all year. They have that identity. I was asked about this on, on Spectrum Sportsnet on, on Thursday night when I was doing TV. You know, what is something that I've taken away from this win streak? And it is identity. Mm-hmm. They now know what they are, Andy. They are a team that is going to play small. Uh, they're going to have to be aggressive defensive. You saw it. They blitzed Trey Young all game long. Yeah. Some night, some t- some points it worked really well. Um, other points, Trey was able to get around and you know, they went over the top of the Lakers a lot. And both of those things happened. But they this they have an identity. Trey had and nine turnovers in this game. He did. And so I, I look at all of those things together, and they could lose on Sunday. And I don't necessarily think that'll change my opinion of it, but like I feel like okay, they hit a gear in the third quarter that another team couldn't reach. They didn't let him back in the game late. It reminded me more than any other game they've played this year of when they were really good. In the last well, over know, the last couple seasons, and that's you know, that's why I felt good. Yeah, it, it's funny too. Like you were mentioning the identity that they're leaning into, which is playing smaller, and it's something Frank Vogel talked about before and after the game, and he's talked more enthusiastically about this, you know, since he returned from the COVID uh, protocols. And like, there's there's a reason that you have to go through some of the imperfections of playing small, like against uh, the Timberwolves, for example, when they were getting killed on the glass. And a lot of people were, you know, we heard from uh, a lot of them in like, in the, on the YouTube mm-hmm. uh, comments section or hitting us up on Twitter at cam brothers screaming that Frank Vogel wasn't going to put Dwight in this game. And I thought, and Frank Vogel confirmed my thought that, look, if we're going to play small, we got to learn how to do this. And, you know, this was a game where Dwight played four minutes against Atlanta and Atlanta goes big often. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got Clint Capella. They've got John Collins, Danilo Gallinari off the bench is not a small guy. But again, if you're going to play this way, you have to learn how to do it. And we've seen 
some benefits uh, paying off from that patience. Dwight played more against Sacramento, but Sacramento is a very, very big team. Right. Like it would have, it would have been, I think, unrealistic to go as and small with, with bigs that are less athletic. Right. And, like you know, uh, Damian Jones aside, but like Alex Len is a lunky human being. Um, right. You know, Bagley's a big dude. Like you know, but they're. And I, I want to actually ask Frank Vogel about this. I tried after uh, the win tonight. I just wasn't able to get uh, right. my question answered. But just like what this process has been like for him mm-hmm. as a coach who clearly prefers to go bigger, clearly values that size, especially around the rim, being able right. to leverage it, sort of going against your own instincts and worldview because he's it's taken it took him a while. I mean, I know I was frustrated. I think you were like the idea of like, dude, this is where the yes and no. I mean, we, we don't have to rehash all of it. I think yes and no. The, the, there are a lot. It, it was a lot of extenuating circumstances at times. It made, it, made at him times hit the brakes a little bit on it, but I mean, broadly, sure. I mean, we can, we can debate it largely another time. But but I, you know, he's clearly committed to this now, and I think it is for the betterment of the team. Mm-hmm. And there's also though, and I think this is what speaks well to Vogel in terms of, I think, his overall optimism as a coach, but also that, you know, he's pretty creative, uh, especially defensively. He's starting to see things that he really, I think, likes defensively with going small. And I think that's building a lot of his enthusiasm. I would imagine he probably finds the challenge there um, of, yeah. of, of doing it this way. Um, and, you know, they'll have the, they have the luxury of LeBron James as a, a very smart, you know, defender and quarterback of the defense. And we'll get Anthony Davis back, which will ultimately make this look a lot more like it did two years ago when Anthony Davis finished every game they played at center. Um, yeah. So they're going to get back towards a comfort zone there too. Um, maybe with just a little bit less length, you know, next to him in terms of, you know, guys like Markeith Morris or something like that they don't have. Uh, but anyway, so we'll see what happens on Sunday um, against the Grizzlies. Um, and you know, obviously a big test for the Lakers. If they can keep the win streak going there, I think it will be pretty meaningful. Uh, before we go, though, Andy, want to tell people a few things, starting with this. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. It is the new year. We are officially in 2022, which means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or getting healthier, Built Bar can be a part of that plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes basically better than a candy bar. Like you want to eat healthy, but after a while, you go stuff that doesn't taste good it's going to get boring you're going to decide this isn't worth it man give me my chocolate hey built bars they are covered in 100 in them yeah covered in 100 real chocolate most of them just 130 calories only four grams of sugar four net carbs but 17 grams of protein that's the good stuff a lot of great flavors to choose from coconut almond peanut butter brownie cookies and cream salted caramel and down the line so go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 get 15 percent off your order again locked 15 15% 15% off at built.com. Even one of the built bars, you'd lift a car so much. Yes. Protein. Locked on Lakers also <laughs> brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue the march into the NFL playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and beyond. Bet Online, Nate, remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year, new updated desktop, new mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. So from football, base, basketball, hockey, 
basketball. <laughs> I almost said basketball. <laughs> Football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. You probably could bet on basketball and bet online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available you know, if, for two. If Bet Online was offering uh, bets like in '98, you probably yeah, could have. Been it, there. It's it's been a while since basketball uh, <laughs> was a thing. Sweeping the nation. <laughs> it's true. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the games start again. So we'll be back on Monday with uh, everything from Sunday's game against the Grizzlies. Looking forward to what might be, Andy, maybe, possibly, the Lakers uh, turning a corner. So we will see everybody on Monday. Have a great weekend.